and welcome to another episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. I'm John Dennis, and joining me as always, my co-hosts, John Williams. You. And Alberto Camargo. Yup, yup. Uh, you can catch the show on Twitter at Somewhat Sports and on Instagram as well at Somewhat Sports. You can catch me on Twitter at John Dennis Radio uh, and Instagram as well. It's J-O-N Dennis Radio. Uh, John Williams, you're at uh, JL Williams 5, right, on Instagram? Mm-hmm. And I'll bet I was going to say yours, but uh, I got it's it. I way got it. confusing for me. Go ahead. Think like bear toe. Like, like my, my, I don't have a socks on. So like bear a, like toe. A, like an also? Like, arr. no, not like bear. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was saying like a, like a toe without socks. Uh, a bear toe. Oh, uh, okay. A-L, bear toe. Ah. Uh, and then underscore. good to you, use homonyms. <laughs> no, probably not. Is that with the underscore on the Twitter? Uh, the no underscore on Twitter, underscore on Instagram. Ah, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and I kindly invite you to please uh, subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Also, uh, rate and review if you can. It helps us out tremendously. Let's get right down to it. All right, down to business. With NFL football. And what a game. Yeah, for once an eventful Monday night game. I mean, <laughs> it was amazing. That Seahawks 49ers game was so good. The Seahawks obviously... Uh, ended up pulling it out at the end, and I think that um, I think that this, the Forty ers played as as well as you could play given the the deck that was stacked against them. Considering the fact that George Kittle was gone, they were without Quan Alexander for you know uh, obviously the second, the season, second game but, in a row, right? Basically yeah. the whole second game in a row. Uh, well, no, because he he went out during the uh, during the Arizona game. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, but like early in the game, wasn't it? I guess. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Emmanuel Sanders also ended up leaving this game early. Uh, Tevin Coleman got a little banged up at the end. Didn't play for, for overtime. Matt Breida got banged up. Um, so overall, like <laughs> it was a tough game for the 49ers and they still made it really close. I oh, mean, yeah. that team, I was, I was concerned about their defense going into this game with Quan Alexander being gone, but what's the guy's name? Drake Greenlaw. Drake Greenlaw. He played so well. He had Rookie a pick linebacker, at the game. Yeah. Yeah, he made a really nice play on that on that pick. I mean, granted, it was an underthrow, yeah, underthrow by Russell Wilson, but he got to. Yeah, it. but you don't you would you don't expect a linebacker to be that far down the field no. and make a coverage play like that. No, he very played, impressive interception on his part. Yeah, he played he played really well. Um, the guy who we questioned, you know, could he yeah, could he hold up the Forty exactly. ers defense? And I I didn't know if he could. Obviously, I mean, he I think he had eleven tackles on the uh, on the season, one yeah. sack coming into the game. And your rookie's an unknown commodity. Yeah, exactly. And he played a little bit, you know, sparingly throughout the season, but now he's thrust into a, a full-time role. Um, but, I mean, he played he played really good, as well as you can against, you know, what a lot of people consider to be the front runner for, for MVP uh, in Russell Wilson and mm-hmm. uh, the Seahawks. Um, now, the game, the, the score of the game ended up being 27-24 in overtime. Uh, I You can make an argument that the 49ers should have won that game if it wasn't for the fact that, uh, what's the guy's name, Shane McLaughlin? McLaughlin, yeah. McLaughlin. The, the rookie. <laughs> the rookie. Yeah. He uh, uh, had a rookie kick. Which is crazy because <laughs> he, he, he hit the, the kick to go into overtime, and then it was the game winner where, like, arguably there's less pressure to win the game than there is to tie the game. Right. Yeah, you and, he, and the the kick to send it to overtime was forty seven yards, and this right. kick to win it was forty, also forty seven yards. Right, and it was. I mean, like you said, earlier, you said during the meeting beforehand, like you you would have guessed that it was blocked by the way by the way of that oh, ball. Oh yeah, looked. it was like it sailed way left. Yeah, it was immediately way just left, cutting left. Yeah, like as, as soon as it came off his foot, you're like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Because there's some like where you look at like, oh, like maybe it'll squeak inside the uprights. Yeah, you know, like, this was like, like the game winner was kind of like the game winner kind of had a little bit of a, a drift to it, and it just kind of yeah, sneaked in the upright. It really did. This one, as soon as he kicked it, you're like. Oh, I was yeah. just hoping. I was I was just hoping for a yellow flag to just be thrown somewhere. <laughs> that way, that, that way, that wouldn't count. <laughs> a review, <Right>. something. <laughs> it was nuts. And like but, that great video that circled, that circulated around Twitter the same night of the guys in the tunnel watching the kick, and then the ball f- lands in the flying tunnel, flying into the tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> probably looking up like, what happened? One hundred percent. Um, but yeah, that, I I thought it was a fantastic game. Uh, I think I thought it rivaled that uh, that Texans Saints game from earlier in the season. That was a really Ooh, good you mean game. like week two. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Where it was like back and forth, and you felt like Deshaun Watson won it with like a minute and a half left. And he's like, no, no, no. I sure I'm did. Still yeah. Drew, I'm still Drew Brees, <laughs> and I'm going to go down the field and 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 do that. But again, I mean, credit to the Seahawks number one for you know for winning the game. Uh, but you got to think that that's still going to be a competitive division, you know. And you you got to think oh, yeah. that those teams are going to be battling for you know the that number one seed, 
uh, in, in the NFC, honestly, uh, especially with, with the Saints losing um, this past week. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I, I don't know. I, to me, Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought, was did not have a very good game at all. I was going to say. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. we had talked about it a little bit before. I mean, he had a really good game against Arizona's defense, which, you know, was not good. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> below average. Yeah, and, you know, the the thing is that the in order for, this, for the 49ers to make a deep run into the playoffs, Jimmy Garoppolo has to be better than he was i feel like that's like that's no question do you know what this 49ers team is screaming right now like they're at you know the eight and oh great start to the season they're eight and one now they'll probably finish with somewhere between i'd say two to five losses at the most like this screams of a team that will go into the playoffs number one seed number two seed possibly by week the first week home game in the divisional playoff round 13 and three and then they just lose in the first round at home you think so? You know, to to like a to like a team that has the momentum going at the end of the season. Maybe you know they they, they snuck into the wild card. One right. maybe maybe they won a game on the road. A lot of confidence. Like it's just one of kind those kind of like how the, the the Bears were last season. Exactly, like one of those situations where the team is never super convincing throughout the season. Like obviously the defense is good, but the offense and the quarterback aren't convincing. So when it comes time for the playoffs and t- you know the you know like well, it just seems it has that feeling of like a team that's. You know, really good regular season team that just kind of disappoints in the playoffs, which is fine. Like, I don't think they expected to be this good this early. Yeah, I think that um, that's entirely possible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw that possibility. I, I will say that I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Mitch Trubisky was last year. Like, because you can, oh, make, yeah, you but... can make an argument <laughs> that Mitch Trubisky took a step back this year and he's worse this year than he was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think that right now Jimmy Garoppolo is better now than. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was. I just think the, uh, the NFC has so many tough teams. Yeah, like they're not going to get a, they're not going to get a break in right. their first round. I mean, game. you think about you know the Vikings, obviously the the Saints, um, you know, and if they have a rematch with the, with the Seahawks, you know, uh, right? Like there's a world where the two wild card teams are the Packers and the Seahawks, yeah. or the Vikings and the Seahawks, and right. you know, neither one of those teams you want to see. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those teams. Um, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll get lucky and, and, and be able to play whoever comes out of the NFC uh, East uh, <laughs> first round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk my smack, John. I, it ain't smack, man. I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> John's the, the resident Giants fan, so he knows all about the, yeah. uh, the NFC East. I mean, and you look at the NFC East, I, I mean, I will say that Dak Prescott has been playing, like, pretty well. Like, I, I had mentioned before the season started that you know, maybe it's time to to cut ties with Dak Prescott because he, before I, he had shown flashes of being halfway decent, um, but never consistently. Yeah, but now like I feel like he's really putting it together, and even though it's not really showing up too much in the in the win column, I think that he's he's been really really good. He has. Yeah, on social media right so, now. It too. might be the dancing. Yeah, <laughs> have you seen those like the, the, the pregame warmups? How could you? How could you have missed it? Dude? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like if you're on Twitter at all, like you had to see it. Or on Instagram even too. Like I saw so many, so many mashups of like with Suavemente on yeah, there. Yeah, I was gonna dying. say a lot of them were a lot of them were like offbeat because obviously like you right. know he's he's just doing his own thing. He's not actually right. he's not actually dancing. But the one that was on beat was Suavemente, and yeah. that was like they tried perfect. with the Shakira one. I was like, yeah, he's really hitting like that. Nah. Right. <laughs> Oh, I mean, to be fair, that's a pretty, pretty like a interesting drill to see a quarterback do. Obviously, the hips are a very important part of making a, a deep throw. Of course, they don't yeah. lie. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. And and it's so funny because I, I really I do think that social media is like everyone talks about how like the negatives of social media, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to get into into politics and all that and all the the scrutiny that some of the social media companies have been under recently. But I will say. The best thing about social media is the memes. It's so By far. like honestly, like I and can sit on Twitter and be entertained for hours. It's the just, one unifying thing in our. It society. really is. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny all the time. Oh my god, I love Twitter. I love and hate Twitter because like it gives like all the worst people in the world a platform. Like you just type something and then some people and someone you know just replies to whatever tweet you said. Oh, you right. suck. You know, like, <laughs> like, I don't even know you, man. Like get out of here. Like just click on like one famous person's tweet and just scroll down. Like see just like the nastiness yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. involved. But the one unifying thing is the memes. I love it. Like people are so creative. Like I saw people like taking that that Dak thing where like they they cut out like they did like a a video and they cut out his like body mm-hmm. and, like with like the motions right. Yeah, yeah and like yeah. they put it like in a different like music videos and stuff like that. <laughs> where he's like on stage with, like different artists like out there dancing. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. 
Like, I'm surprised nobody's like spliced his body from that video into like the backstage dancers like Beyonce's halftime performance. Yeah, I'm pretty like sure that. they have. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. If it, if it hasn't been done already, you could definitely do it now. Um, but anyways, I I'm excited. I, do you think that this kind of solidified Russell Wilson's case for her MVP? I mean, is he the, is he the guy to be? Because I know Lamar Jackson had a heck of a week also, and he's kind of you know bubbling up in the conversation. Obviously, Deshaun Watson had uh, the bye week, and so mm-hmm. you know he you kind of lose a little ground when you're not playing. But Russell Wilson has yeah. a bye week this week, so you know the, the MVP is a, such a um, a narrative driven award. I feel like yeah, most of the time, so that's true. We still have a little less than half the season to go, and there's plenty of different storylines that could come up in the meantime. You know, if the if the Ravens falter a little bit and Lamar Jackson isn't, it goes from being otherworldly to just good <laughs> that right. could that could knock him out the race sure. um i'd i'd yeah i'd say russell wilson right now holds the narrative kind of lead because you know they just went in on the road defeated the last undefeated team in this in the league um big division win uh you know a bit like a bit of vindication for russell wilson is he's been kind of like, not this season so much but in the past he's been overlooked a little bit as far as sure. mvp yeah you know solidified his place as a top quarterback in this league and you know and he makes these like crazy difficult throws look so <laughs> easy like, like when when I watch Seahawks games, because and I mentioned this on the podcast before, so it'll be uh, news to no one who who listens to the podcast on a regular basis. But I, I'm a Dolphins fan, and mm-hmm. subpar quarterback play is the name of the game when it comes to the when it comes to the Miami Dolphins franchise. <laughs> and so, like when I look at like Russell Wilson, like throw the ball, like I mean, whatever situation like the Seahawks are in, it's like you know third and seventeen. And then I'm like, oh, like, you know, there's no way they convert this. Like, it's going to be so hard for them. But, like, he just does it all the time. Like, he just dances around in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You think he's, you know, he's tackled. And, you know, he's got Nick Bosa's paw, like, on his back, <laughs> right, pulling him down. And then Russell Wilson just goes, nah, you know, I'm just going to shrug this bad boy off, spin around a couple times, no big <laughs> deal, come out of the pocket. What's that? Is that Tyler Lockett 30 yards downfield? Zip right no, into but, his and, and Tyler Lockett and was, Tyler was Lockett hurt. wasn't even there. Yeah, he was so hurt. So he had to throw it to Josh Gordon, I was, who had I was a gonna, total of four practices. I was, knew the play. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that he had a really big play in overtime. I believe it was like a third and 14 or third and 15. Something like that. He rolled out to his right, yeah. bought time. I'm thinking, okay, Russell Wilson's out of the pocket. Something's going to happen. Right. Sure enough, Josh Gordon's down the field on like a, a route that at that point he had broken off his original route. Yeah. Just running around trying to get open. Yeah, exactly. Russell Wilson found him. And it do- that's the thing about Russell Wilson is it doesn't matter. Like he ha- he's There are certain quarterbacks where you can look at, like take Dante Culpepper, for example. Like Dante Culpepper put up mad stats, but he had Randy Moss to throw it to. He had Chris mm. Carter to throw it to. Yeah. Right? So those are guys where like... The stats are inflated by how great the receivers are. But then you look at... James Winston. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah. But if you look at... There, there are certain quarterbacks where it doesn't matter who's out there. Like, as long as you have two hands to clamp together, he's going to put it in a place where you'll be able to catch it. Mm. And Russell Wilson is that type of quarterback where he elevates the play of everyone around him. You yeah, like, so excited you smacked your mic. I did, yeah. I just whacked <laughs> the bejesus out of it. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like, who's, who's that? Like, a, like Turner? Who, Trey Turner? Is that the guy's name? I don't even know what his name is. Trey Turner is a shortstop for the Nationals. I, 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 that's, that's why I know that name. I was like, the, what's the guy's name, man? He's a, he's a wide receiver for... For, for Seattle? For Seattle. Mm-mm, no clue. <laughs> that's the point, though. <laughs> Malik Turner. That's his there name. There he goes. Malik Turner. Not, not the other. Yeah, Trey one. Turner is yeah. He's busy yeah, drinking beer. I was man. like, I was like trying to think like, like why do I know that name? And then I was like, okay, that's why. Malik Turner. Yes. Who is Malik Turner? <laughs> he's the Seahawks like fifth receiver. He's yeah. Like, like, like DK that. Metcalf didn't even have that big of a game. He actually had a. I mean, for him, for the 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 type of stats he's, he's been putting up this entire season, it was a pretty disappointing game. And I was watching the game with somebody who owned him in fantasy, so I can tell you they were very disappointed every time Russell Wilson threw the ball and it didn't go to Metcalf. I was going to say they were trying to get it to him. Too. Yeah, and he, there's a lot of passes he just wore, wore right in his in his you know in his pocket to catch him. But yeah, Russell Wilson uh, once again proves that we don't talk about him enough. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. And honestly, like I I don't envy the governing body who has to des- to decide who's going to be the MVP because like when you look at Lamar Jackson's like yes like he's not like. Like he's he's he can he can throw the ball. Like no one's gonna question that Lamar Jackson can't throw the football. But like I would say that as in terms of like gifted with an arm, I would say Russell Wilson has more arm talent than Lamar Jackson does. But when it when it comes to how a team can run their offense, 
I feel like Lamar Jackson, I don't know. I mean, Russell Wilson is like the the guy who was creative without I mean, I I don't know how quite how quite how to put this. The Ravens run really creative sets like we we touched on last right. week on the podcast. He Lamar Jackson and the offense that um under not John Harbaugh but the offensive coordinator right escapes my the name escapes me but their offense is really creative and with Lamar Jackson's innate creativity that just provides so much unpredictability within the offense Russell Wilson is the same except that I don't think that they I don't think the Seahawks run quite as creative sets for the offense Russell Wilson just makes the creative plays right. himself it's like here's here's a play and then the He's play a very standard play and it breaks work. down yeah and then it's like ah, I guess I'm just going to have to run yeah. around for a little while going to have to madden it yeah pretty much <laughs> honestly and it's insane so like you have to kind of argue the merits of like okay like well it's like traditionally quarterbacks you know throw the ball more than they run it so like i guess you could give the nod to russell wilson but also like how do you look at what lamar jackson is doing and say like that like that team is garbage without <laughs> lamar jackson lamar jackson is going to end up with uh, like 1200 rushing yards this season that's what i'm saying he's going to have yeah, about he's going to have about 20 something throwing t- passing touchdowns and probably about 10 or more rushing touchdowns it's incredible because like We've seen like Cam Newton in the past, like be like a very like capable runner, mm-hmm. but it's it's very much with him like downhill. Like he's fast and he's big, so he'll break tackles, and he's faster than like you should be at six five and two hundred and sixty. <laughs> he'll run people over, too. right? Yeah. Exactly, like a physical runner, and not that Lamar Jackson isn't a physical runner, but he runs with like the vision of a court of a so running that's back. Good mm-hmm. move, yeah. Oh my that's what I'm saying. Oh like goodness. he's out there, and you're like, what? Like Ridiculous. how? What are you doing? You know, the spin move reminded me of, and, you know, this is something else we can talk about a little bit, is LSU-Alabama. Well, (laughs) LSU-Alabama, one of the pivotal game plays of the game late in the fourth quarter. uh, Near the goal line, LSU handed it off to um, their running back, uh, Edwards Edwards Elair, I believe his name was. He grabs the handoff, and as soon as he grabs the ball, he just plants both feet, spins to his left away from an Alabama defender, and then just walks into the end zone. It was like one of the—I love that those plays running backs make. As soon as they grab the handoff, they make a move because right. they have to. Right. And Russell Wilson—excuse me, Lamar Jackson is running through the defense, the Bengals' defense. Makes one guy miss, makes yeah. a second guy miss. Two guys are coming out at the same time. Nope, just going to spin this way. You guys can't even touch me. I'm just gonna They're going to collide. <laughs> I'm just going to whoop. You know, I'm just going to move. <laughs> I want to be over here, and you guys are going to collide. Exactly. And he just he makes those plays on a regular basis. It's it's pretty exciting to watch. It is. So, like I said, I don't envy anyone who has to make that decision. I well, will s- go ahead. I was going to say, wh- when do they make the decision about who wins? Um, it? usually it's like if I remember correctly, it's like right before the Super Bowl, like, yeah. like that Pro Bowl week where it's just you know nothing's really going on. So the NFL wants to like get one more thing in the news before <laughs> the Super Bowl starts. Okay. Um, I think that's when they award the they do the awards too. Is that? Pro Bowl week. Because yeah. I know the NBA had scrutiny because they were picking after the playoffs, and that was influencing um, the the votes because some people who didn't make the playoffs probably had a better well, – since it's a season award, it should only be – No, no, no. The, the, voting is, the voting is right at the end of the season. They just don't present the awards until after the playoffs. That's the scrutiny, you know, like, like, um, like Russell Westbrook the year he won the MVP. You know, his team you know, averaged a triple-double. They voted for it right after the season is over. They all voted for Russell Westbrook, or the majority of them did. Yeah. And then he got bounced in five games, you know? So and then he's, then he's winning the MVP right. a month after the finals okay. is over. But, but I see what you mean. I, I, I guess know it's mean. like social media scrutiny then, because people are like, well, look at what so-and-so's doing in the playoffs. Is right. He, he should that, be yeah. MVP. That's not the award, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, do, I did want to say, I did want to mention, we didn't talk about it much in, or at all in the pre-production meeting, but it is quite important. Um, you know, speaking of quarterbacks and dynamic quarterbacks Colin Kaepernick reports coming out oh, that the NFL yeah. is holding a workout for him well that's this is the really fishy thing about it he tweeted Colin Kaepernick tweeted that his representatives were contacted by the NFL office and said hey we want to set up a workout this Saturday you know the rest you know this week they were recording in Atlanta um for Colin to work out in front of all 32 G uh, representatives of each franchise like you know all 32 franchises and in a, in, you know, in a few kind of um, reports since that, it has been confirmed that this was the first time the league ever contacted his representatives since he last played in the league. This is um, the representative said, "Hey, this is kind of like a quite short notice. Can we maybe maybe move it to next Tuesday or next Saturday?" And they said, "No, it has to be this Saturday." Yeah, like and, give the guy like four days notice, right? Like, All and, right. But also, like you know. This is obviously a time, you know, next Saturday is obviously college football. A lot of NFL scouts are out scouting college football players as they should be. You know, not all of a sudden you're going to have each team send one of their scouts to this 
private workout in Atlanta on Saturday. It's 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 conflicting with the college football schedule. It's conflicting with um, I'm sure you know maybe Colin Kaepernick had events himself. He wanted to do himself this week. I'm sure he's always doing something out in his in his community. And now it seems as if the NFL is like, oh yeah, you know, here all 32 teams are going to come watch you play. You know, even teams that you know theoretically wouldn't even need to be scouting a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all 32 are going to be here in Atlanta. Come on, Colin, come on in. Show us what you can do after three years of not talking to you. Uh, everything's sweet. It just seems a little fishy. But Kaepernick did confirm that he got that message. He he got that communication from the NFL. He said himself he's been working out for three years. He's been ready for this moment since he last played. Right. And you know we'll see what comes of this. I. Uh, you know, the, the the cynical side of me says this is a PR move by the NFL to make it look like they're open to bringing him back in right. and that he probably won't get a good shot in the, you know, with any team. But the optimist in me wants to say the Bears might be there and say, hey, look, we could use Colin. <laughs> <laughs> we could use anyone who's not Mr. Trubisky. Right. At that point. It's just it, it's a really uh, out of nowhere, surprising, you know, shocking even story development in the yeah. league. Because the last three years, every time a backup quarterback played terribly, every time Nathan, every time Nathan Peterman touched a ball – the conversation was, wow, he's playing and Colin Kaepernick can't get a workout. Right. And well, I mean, they had the whole situation with the with Washington last year when um, obviously Alex Smith got hurt. Colt McCoy came in. And then they in. brought Colt McCoy in. <laughs> and Colt McCoy got hurt. And they brought in Mark Sanchez, yeah. who I think was like coaching somewhere at the time. Uh, my, my, I don't know what my favorite thing is like scouting. This, my favorite thing was like Chase Daniel, who's throwing like three passes in his career or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. And so And so after Mark Sanchez got hurt, then they brought in Josh Freeman. And I was like, are you kidding me? So yeah, that, that's what I mean, you know. Like you can't like like regardless of where you stand on on the on the Colin Kaepernick issue, like you have to say like he's definitely he's not definitely better. worse than Josh Freeman. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It seems really kind of like um a coincidence. It seems convenient that all, all of a sudden they're coming back to to talk to him again. It right. seems like, and also certain uh, some teams have already reached out and said, "Hey, like we're not going to be able to go." Really? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I, I suspect, which is like, which to me is like, okay, like why is the M- uh, the NFL saying this has to be this Saturday? No other time to do it. You have right. to do it this Saturday. Apparently, I told them this uh, yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. So they told them on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Tuesday, according to the article that I, that I was reading. Yes. Okay. And you have five days. To go get it figured I'm, out. I'm not sure where Colin Kaepernick's based out of. I don't know but either. Still, it's but, a short so notice. So you got five days to, you know, I guess really ramp up your your workouts, you know, and do that until Saturday. But then I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, if there are already teams that say like we can't go. So like, why does the NFL say it has to be this Saturday if there are already teams saying like I'm sorry, like we can't we can't make it out mm-hmm. that weekend, right? So like, because I would understand that the NFL says like, oh yeah, it has to be this weekend because. Uh, you know, all this is the weekend that all the teams can be there. Mm-hmm. But that's it, not the case. Yeah, if it was during the off season, that makes sense, right? But like I said, there are teams who are sending their best scouts to college football games to scout, you know, yeah. upcoming players. There Guys are who other, are in their, you know, twenties, right? <laughs> <laughs> or at least their early twenties. Colin Kaepernick, I believe, I believe in, his, in his late twenties now, he's probably like twenty nine or something. But like that, maybe you know, 30. but the point is, is like there are. This is such an inconvenient time for both Colin for teams around the league. Um, to to all of a sudden have to be holding this this workout for a quarterback who hasn't played in three years. At the end of the day, you know he hasn't played in three years, and like <coughs> you were saying, he's thirty two years old. He's thirty two. Yeah, jeez. Okay, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Then, like, you have a point. Then granted, he's got three years of like not you know nowhere and tear on his body. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, it's but. just like you know, like I said, the optimist in me wants to say, hey, this is a really great thing that's happening. He's finally getting his chance again. It seems like the NFL is kind of you know welcoming him, not welcoming him back into the league, but giving him an opportunity again. But the very cynical part of me that comes out very easily is saying this seems really fishy. And I don't know if yeah. you have any thoughts on this, John. I think, yeah, I agree with you because it's it's like why set like a, a certain time so soon, like like close to, to when you say he needs to work out. I wouldn't trust it at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back and find some of the... I'm, um, I'm looking at this TMZ article right now while, while you look for that. Okay, cool. And cool. It, has, it has a listing of certain... So the Dolphins uh, gonna are for sure going like to be a there. Handful, right? Yeah, there's there's the the Dolphins and Lions for sure sending uh, representatives to the workout. But apparently, Chicago Bears' Matt Nagy says the team is not sure if they're going to have rep in attendance because they seem to be pretty set at quarterback as it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, I understand, like, okay, if you have like already like an established quarterback and you would basically just be bringing in Colin Kaepernick as like a backup, then 
fine. Like, I understand, mm-hmm. okay, like, you'd rather develop, like, you know, a younger guy who you pick, like, in the third or fourth or fifth round, like a prospect, you know, as a developmental guy to back up your already established quarterback. But if you're a team that already has question marks, like, I mean, the, the amount of rumors that I've seen floating around that the, the, the Panthers are going to trade Cam Newton to the Bears, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, the Bears are not set at, at quarterback. I think yeah. everyone can agree with that. I feel like Matt Nagy could even agree with that. Right? Right. I think Mitch Trubisky's mom could probably agree with that. <laughs> yeah, so the, I, I see um, this thread of tweets from Tyler Tynes on Twitter. He says, from a source with knowledge of the situation about Kaepernick's workout on Saturday, he says, out of the blue, league representatives from the league and their management council reached out to representatives for Kaepernick, said they wanted to arrange a workout in front of the 32 teams. He, uh, rep- Cap's representatives were told that the NFL needed an answer in, quote, two hours if Kaepernick planned to go through with the workout. <laughs> He said a lot of people had to rearrange their schedules. They thought it conflicted with college football scouting schedules, like I said, and NFL Sunday game prep. He said, quote, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. The source told me about the process. Um, Kaepernick's team asked if the workout could be done the following Tuesday or the following Saturday. They were told it had to be this Saturday. He said Kaepernick's representatives made it clear that if the process was legit, then the key decision makers from all 32 teams, if they were all there, then he would participate. They asked for a list from the NFL of people who would be attending, and the NFL couldn't give it to them right away. He said that they expect it. They expect the list of people to be there to come in like a kind of like a rolling thing, like uh, every few every few hours, hours. Every few hours, they'll hear it. Like a couple more teams might have a representative there. But, it but seems, like that's to me. Like then, then why is the NFL making this arbitrary decision to have it be for sure this Saturday if right. they don't know if anyone can attend? Right. Exactly. Like that to me. Like like I again. If you ha- if you're the NFL, you're supposed to be the the governing body that that is a liaison, you know, between the body as a whole, like all 32 teams. Like not that they report to you, you know, but they are you. You are the representative of all 32 teams. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me that the NFL? Tell us, Colin Kaepernick, you need to be this place, this time, no matter what, with five days' notice. <laughs> Why? Who knows? Yeah, because it's- apparently it's not because of the fact that all 32 teams decided this was collectively the best Saturday to do this on. Because, it's again, <laughs> it's the middle of the college football season. Like, it's getting down to the wire. A lot of these, because earlier in the season, you have your, you know, oh, Alabama's playing Georgia Southern this week. Like, so you can't really make like a really big, uh, logical leap on, on a lot. Of, you can't, you can't evaluate some of these guys super well when they're playing, you know, lower tier teams. No, no disrespect to Georgia, Georgia Southern, but like they're not LSU. They're not, you mm-hmm. know, they're not one of these big name programs. Uh, so the, I, I just I struggle to understand why it needs to be this time and this place. Yeah, the without, timing. Yeah, the timing is off. The and I've never seen the NFL like put a timeline on when uh, a player has to do a workout for yeah. somebody. I've always, and, I, and from my knowledge, from my experience, I mean, obviously not experience, but from my knowledge, isn't always teams like you know specific teams who arrange a workout. Well, it's a lot of times. Or sometimes sometimes it's the player. Yes, yeah, the player who like through their agent, they'll reach out to certain interested teams yeah, and say, "Hey, yeah. like we're going to put on a workout. If you want to come take a look at my client, he's going to be you know at this place at this it's time, whatever." So fishy. But now the NFL is saying like, oh, and like, what if he doesn't do it? Like, does he never get to play in the NFL again? Because that to me yeah. is the definition of blackballing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it just seems like a setup for the NFL to be like, oh, we gave him a shot, not good enough. Oops. Like, yeah, it seems exactly. like a setup. It's kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll give him a shot, but we'll put conditions that make it almost <laughs> impossible for him to agree and actually come and, and or, produce. Or for the right teams to take a look at him. Yeah. yeah. And, and we you know, gave him this a is, shot. Right. And this is the NFL saying, hey, come work out real quick. We don't know how many of these 32 teams are even considering right. Kaepernick. You know, the. Uh, we, it could be 25 of the, the 32 teams are still in on right. this blackballing thing. Like, right. you know. I, I wonder, the only thing that I can think of is that there was some sort of, you know, and again, this is like rec- reckless speculation here. <laughs> like, again, like there's no journalistic, you know, but this is just like my thoughts mm-hmm. on what I think happened. Okay. What it seems like to me is that there was a general understanding coming from the NFL based on like a PR thing that like, look, teams, you cannot have Colin Kaepernick on your team if he's going to do this because, you know, they like to appeal to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm again, I don't want to get too deep into the politics of it, but like you see like all their salute to service stuff and like that, that mm-hmm. appeals to like, obviously like it appeals to all Americans, but there's also like a very like key demographic that happens to watch 
NFL football. Yeah, NFL propaganda is heavy on Americana. Right. You know, it's and, just, and, it is you know, what it is. So in the military service and appreciating military service right. is Again, and we can the all, heart like, of Americana. We, we, can we, can, all, we can all get behind veterans and everything they've done yeah, for yeah, our yeah, country of course. and this and the other. Um, but you have to also agree that like most veterans aren't a big fan of the Colin Kaepernick saga and everything that's entailed since he decided to start kneeling for, for police and justice. Right? Mm-hmm. So... The the only thing that I can think of is that the NFL, without coming out and saying you can't sign Colin Kaepernick, you know, without actually saying that to the teams, because that could get them in trouble, obviously. Um, but there was some sort of like agreement, like, hey, like we need to like let this whole thing die down a little bit and like just go mm-hmm. from there. And now I think this is the NFL saying, like, look, okay. It's it's we're far enough removed from it. The heat's kind of died down on it. Now here is your opportunity. If you're really interested in getting Colin Kaepernick, here is your chance to do it. Do it at this time. That's the only thing I can think of. Is like they've yeah. lifted that like internal like ban, but not a ban, but like really is actually a ban, <laughs> right? On Colin Kaepernick, and they're saying like this is like their whole like momentous occasion. Like, okay, like if you really need Colin Kaepernick, here's your opportunity to do right. it. Right. Even even like you said, they may say. You know the heat has died down from this. It's not quite as hot of an issue. If you bring him back, this issue is coming right back. It's it's not going anywhere to, to a degree. But I think that when when you look at like the way that they've handled like broadcasts, because there's still players that are kneeling in the end. I think Albert yeah. Wilson still kneels every single week. I think Eric Reed still kneels every single week. But you don't hear it anymore. Like it's not like I see what you mean. Like but obviously Colin Kaepernick's like the, he's the, the head of, of the movement, and I'm sure. Yeah, but I, that's the thing. I think that as a stipulation with with the NFL as it relates to. Um, their broadcast rights. I'm sure they've had conversations with all the people who were like, all right, if you want to broadcast these games, these are the things you have to do and these are the things you have to not do. So any sort of like protest or, or, or demonstration mm-hmm. on behalf of whether it's fans, players, coaches, doesn't matter, like cannot be aired on the broadcast. I think that's how they're like going about like umbrella, umbrellaing the whole thing, right. so to speak, um, without directly calling out, you know, so, but like, I mean, everyone knows why. You know they're making rules like that, but like that's why they haven't brought up any like because remember when it was going on like every week you would see you know all the players who were kneeling on the sidelines all at once like you know on the on the screen, but now not you know mum's the word right you know on it. So I we're, think that, that's we'll the see whole a thing. lot. We're going to see a lot of coverage of this on Saturday. I'll oh, I agree. Coverage. I agree, one way or another. Um, so I, I, I again, I think it's interesting, and I think that. <sighs> I can't make a, a designation as to how ready Colin Kaepernick is for, you know, for being in the NFL. He had talents. He made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, from, um, from his words, he says he's been working out for three years preparing for this moment. Right. So. But, I mean, players come back from bye weeks like a little rusty, so I can only imagine what. <laughs> Granted, I mean, Mike Vick came back, but that's also Mike, Mike Vick um, after three years in prison for you know the whole dogfighting situation. Um, but I, I'm interested to see to see what happens. I honestly, as a Dolphins fan, if they decided to sign him... <laughs> I mean, Josh Rosen obviously like isn't like the greatest quarterback. Obviously, we've seen kind of like what he is. He had an opportunity to come in and start, and he didn't look very good. Uh, he's been outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Colin Kaepernick is only I think maybe like three or four years younger than Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you figure, you know, we'll probably be done with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Maybe not. So if Colin Kaepernick can throw twenty yards off his back foot, I want him in. The, I want him in Tampa Bay. That's what I'm saying. I mean, again, like you, if if you can't argue that there's no value for Colin Kaepernick in the league, especially when you see like some of the backups that they've been trotting out, you know, after some of the starters. Yeah, that's that's also true. Anyways, um, so uh, every every week, uh, I'm what I'm going to try to do is do like a because I, I try to watch most of the games throughout mm-hmm. the week, um, at least like if not like through like red zone or like you know highlights and stuff like that. Um, and you can, you, and the primetime games obviously are aired you know, all over the place, so it's mm-hmm. a little easier to see those. Um, but I'm going to try to do every week at least one game where I do like a deep dive uh, kind of into what happened during the game. I think the biggest surprise uh, of the week was the New Orleans-Atlanta game. Um, that I don't think anyone expected, especially since Atlanta has not been good. And they went to New Orleans and they beat the Saints twenty six to nine, pretty handily. Yeah, pretty pretty handily. I it mean, was... they did score thirteen points in the fourth quarter, um, but they led or t- like were tied basically the whole game because I think Atlanta scored first, and then uh, New Orleans tied it up, and then Atlanta kind of ran away with it uh, in the second quarter, um, or at least started to like pull away in the second quarter. Now, not a great game for Matt Ryan. Two touchdowns, one interception, one hundred and eighty two yards. That's like nothing. 
uh, particularly special. Uh, Devontae Freeman had a pretty pretty solid game before he got hurt, and then um, Brian Hill ended up coming in for him and, and, and doing a pretty capable job uh, in his stead. Um, but I, I don't think anyone's like super surprised with how many points the Falcons score because the Falcons have always been pretty pretty solid um, offensively, and especially since Marshawn Lattimore got hurt in the first half. Uh, it's, again, not entirely surprising um, that they were able to put points up on the Saints. But the Saints only scored nine points this game. When's the last time they were what? held under ten points at home? Like by anybody? Were, were they? Are they better with Teddy Bridgewater? No. The answer oh, to that no, is no. no. no like, no, no. <laughs> let me go ahead and uh, and just nip that in the bud right there. <laughs> um, but Drew Brees, you know, no touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, no touchdowns. Two hundred eighty-seven yards for Drew Brees, not bad. Um, but Alvin Kamara limited to twenty-four yards on the ground. Granted, there's only four rushes. Latavius Murray had five rushes for twelve yards. Um, Taysom Hill, you know, obviously had a rush. I think Ted Ginn Jr. had a rush too. Um, Michael Thomas had, you know, quite a bit going through the air. Jared Cook had some. Uh, I think he uh, Michael Thomas went thirteen for one fifty two, uh, and Jared Cook went six for seventy four. So again, like not not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alvin Kamara kind of salvaged his day a little bit with eight receptions for for fifty yards, but they could not get anything going on the ground. And I think that that if like if there is a way to stop the Saints, that is the way to do it. Because you figure they started off the game like going like really box heavy. Like I was I was doing a deep dive into it, and like in the first first quarter, first drive of the game, they were going seven, eight guys in the box, just stacking the box, just full of like just bodies. And I will say credit to uh, Dan Quinn and the job he did coaching over the bye week because those those defensive players came in and they were short tackling, they were filling in their gaps super well. Like, I mean. Usually, Alvin Kamara is the guy that makes everybody miss. And granted, this was his first game back uh, from injury, right? Because they had a bye week the week before, and then he had a couple weeks where uh, Latavius Murray uh, filled in for him because he had a little bit of a knee and an ankle issue. Uh, so it was his first game back, so like maybe you know a little rust, and maybe he wasn't able to really pull away like he uh, usually is able to do uh, against defenses. So going forward, I'm not super worried about Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, that, like I said, he'll be better going forward as he continues to come back from his injury. Um, but the problem I think that they're having is that if they, like, they basically let Michael Thomas do what he had to do. And then once it got to kind of like the goal line, not not goal line, but more like, like red zone situations, they double covered Michael Thomas a lot with uh, safety help over the top and bracketed him. And they just said like, all right, like let everyone else win their one-on-one matchups and we'll see what happens. And they did super duper well. Yeah, because Traquan Smith is not that good. <laughs> Tedigan Jr. also not that good. Like they're fast, but like if you're if you're having to go between the twenty yard line and the back of the end zone, I mean, yeah, I guess you could do like a fade or like, but like th- there isn't a whole lot of space for you to really like turn on the Jets in that you know in that thirty yards that's there. So it really limits the effectiveness of guys like Tedigan Jr. and uh, Traquan Smith. So, I I I expect other teams to start taking that model and 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 doing that. Just going eight men in the box, stopping Alvin Kamara, and just bracketing Michael Thomas when they get to 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 the red zone. Because it so far, I mean, it's worked. They look terrible on offense, like really bad. And the offensive line let in a lot of pressure too, because that was that was honestly one of their hallmarks. Is like okay, even if they decide to do that. They, um, because Drew Brees had time in the pocket, he could wait for them to create that space because there's only so many, so much time that a corner can cover a wide receiver. Um, but Marshawn Lattimore's out with a hamstring issue, uh, issue now, and Andrews Pete, their left guard, mm-hmm. is also injured. I think he's going to be gone for the next six weeks with like a wrist injury. I think he had surgery on it, um, something like that. So he's gone for the next six weeks, and. He, I mean, that they were constantly getting pressure on Drew Brees, like constantly. I think they had like six sacks on the day or something like that. Like they did really, really good, um, pass rushing wise. So, am I worried for the Saints? I would say so. Yeah, you. We we've seen enough now to be you know quite worried for them as far as their playoff playoff aspirations. Because right. No part of this team looks convincing right now. No, because I mean the the defense without Marshawn Lattimore is like way worse. Like I'm sorry, like if you, if Eli Apple is your best corner, you are in trouble. 
Like Eli Apple got sent out of New York because he was so terrible. They're like, please just take him. And he's been okay for the Saints because you have Marshawn Lattimore on the other side. And if you needed to kind of like, sh- you know, shade the, the free safety over to um, Eli Apple's side, you could do that because Marshawn Lattimore was, was so good in, in one-on-one coverage. Um, but now PJ Williams is your, is your second corner and he was getting burned all day in the slot. Like that was a, that was the way to attack New Orleans is in the slot. And now that guy who was your slot guy who you were taking advantage of is now on the boundary. Yikes. <laughs> super yikes. Yeah, exactly. Super duper yikes. So, yeah, I'm obviously, you know, six weeks from now, what are we, week 10? Hopefully, yeah. you know, Pete comes back by the end of the season. I mean, they, they'll probably end up losing um, some playoff ground in terms of like seeding and stuff like that. But good news for them is that he should be back uh, by the time playoffs start. Um, if there's any silver lining, and hopefully Marshawn Lattimore's injury, his hamstring injury, only lasts you know a week or two at the most. But that's the thing with hamstrings; they're they're really tricky. Again, I'm just again I'm worried about the the, the Saints because I do like the Saints as as a franchise. I've always liked uh, the Saints, um, and they always kind of like shake things up a little bit. And I, right, and I dig that. Yeah, I'm I've been going for the last few minutes through Football Reference, trying to find the last time the Saints lost at home and scored under three points, and under how uh, excuse me under ten points. Sorry. Yeah. And it looks like the last time they lost, last time they scored less than ten points at home was in two thousand and five. Wow! So I was that, but that was before they got Drew Brees. Or it was the because two thousand five they lost to the Bucks um, ten to three at home. That was the last time they scored ten points under ten points at home. It's been a long time since that happened. Is the point? Yeah, I, I'm looking here. Uh, Drew Brees. I believe he, either that was his first season with the Saints, or that was the season before he was there. Because yeah, yeah Drew, they finished Drew, they finished three and thirteen the year yeah, before they got him. Since Drew Brees got there, they have never scored less than ten points at home. Because <laughs> Drew Brees joined the Saints in two thousand and six. Exactly. I knew so, it was like right on the cusp. There. I'm like, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. You know. So it's been a long time since that happened. It's, it was quite a surprise. Yeah. It's it's honestly, I mean, and you got to credit Atlanta. Like I said, they did a really good job of staying responsible for their gaps. And they had a really good game plan going into it. It's weird because they they stacked the box like right away. And then the Saints got away from the run. Like, they just stopped running it. They were like, we're just not going to run anymore. And I wonder if that has to do with the fact that Andrews Pete wasn't there anymore. Um, and so they decided we're just going to go pass heavy. Because mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know who their, who their backup is. I remember reading his name was like Clap or something like that. <laughs> but like, I, I'm not really super well versed on backup guards. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's kind of my blind spot when it comes to... <laughs> That's a bit too deep of a cut. That's, yeah, exactly. So um, I wonder if that had something to do with it. Maybe he's just like a really good, uh, you know, pass protector mm-hmm. and not so great in the run game and they thought he was kind of a liability uh there so they decided to pass the ball more but that's the only thing i think because they they stopped doing they stopped stacking the box later in the game and it's not like the it's not like it was this insurmountable league because they were leading what 13 to 3 after you yeah, know it was, it was a very it was a very yeah it's doable you don't like, throw away the whole deficit. game plan when you're down 10 points like <laughs> especially if you're the saints like i'm sorry right. like and you have alvin Kamara as your running back you you should stick to the run a little more um yeah, it was it was interesting to see, uh, and I really do hope that New Orleans cuts it, kind of puts it together because um, again, I love the way that they're coached overall. Mm-hmm. I think they have the talent, and again, I just think that they're they're one of those teams that has the best chance to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So that's why oh, I like. Yeah, yeah of course. Know, I really want them to make it because I think Sean Payton's one of those guys who can go toe for toe with uh, with Bill Belichick. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Anyways, uh, do we have any? Oh, before before we move on to to basketball news. I just got to just give myself a, hold on, give my Miami Dolphins oh, a round of applause. Oh, geez. Okay. All right. Yes, we probably won't be able to tank for two anymore. It's okay, though. You, you, you go, go bad for Joe. We're, you will blow for Joe? Blow for Joe. There it yeah. is. That's, that's Although he might, be the, he might be the first guy, too. Who knows? Uh, the Dolphins right now should be picking fourth if the season were to end today. Uh, not ideal after they, they beat the, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, which should be mentioned that they were playing with Brian Hoyer without Jacoby Brissett. Right. Yeah. Again, I get it. I get it. When I first saw that scoreline, I was thinking, what in the, how did that happen? But then I remember they don't have their first or second string quarterback. That's right. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins beat the Colts 16 to 12. And uh, I was, it was so weird because like during the game, I was like, oh, like, like, yeah, we look great. And then like towards the end, I was like, okay, but like, don't win though. Like, relax. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you know what we're supposed to do. Yo, here, relax, right? There's yo. a whole plan. Like, but Brian Flores, credit to him, man. Like, I mean, you got to play the guys who, who you're, you know, were on your schedule regardless of who's healthy. You mm. can't, you know, 
And they won. They won the week before too. You know, hottest team in the league. Exactly. They have more wins over the last two weeks than the Patriots do. So I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> actually over the last three weeks they have more wins than the Patriots. Oh, man. it's like the. It. Those are always the funny stats that come out of like things like this. Like I was telling you earlier, Ryan Fitzpatrick now has more career rushing touchdowns than Bo Jackson. Seventeen to sixteen. That's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. It, it's it just so it goes to show how little t- little time Bo Jackson was healthy in the league. Yeah, I which know. is unfortunate. It but, is you know. kind of sad, but also it's a great Ryan Fitzpatrick. Style. <laughs> okay. I'm 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 a sucker for a good Ryan. Fitzpatrick Ryan Fitzpatrick style. MVP. I mean, hey, <laughs> no, but <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the MVP and NFL MVP, uh, do we think it's kind of clear and cut Russell Wilson now? Okay, it's between Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. I think. That think that's, so. Yeah. As Sean of, Watson right also has, like a, has a claim to be made there, yeah. but their offense hasn't looked that great recently in the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's made some great individual plays right. like when they played against uh, Oakland um, and that when he got kicked in the face and then still ended up making that touchdown. <laughs> they almost lost his eye nuts. and still ended up throwing a touchdown. Yeah, yeah it was pretty wild. Um, so like like stories like that, you know, where, where like, not that that's one of those stories that like you'll tell your kids, but like I feel like when you look at like the history, like when they do those NFL films where they have that one guy with the crazy narrator voice, right? <laughs> like where he talks about these historical plays. Like when you talk about the legend of of Deshaun Watson, you know, I feel like it's one of those plays that'll be like thrown in there, like seven different camera angle, camera yeah, angles. where he just gets like knocked in the face with a with a cleat, <laughs> and he's out there with the one hand. First off, he can't even cover his eye because his face mask, and he's right. covering like you know his face mask. Like Deshaun said, eye. he literally lo- thought he lost his eye. Yeah. He thought he might have lost his eye. And he's just like, I think he's over there, and just like hummed it, you know, <laughs> for the game he winner right. too. Yeah, he was right. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting. Like I said, like I said earlier, it's the second half. There's still a whole second half of the season, more or less, to be played. The MVP narrative can change a lot. It can right. flip a few times in the next few weeks. So we'll see. I agree. John, who's your favorite for the MVP race? I don't know. I'm looking back to when they played each other in um, in October. So Lamar Jackson had 143 yards passing. Russell had 241. But Lamar had 116 rushing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be rough. Baltimore won that game, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll give it to the person who has the better team at the end of the season. So basically whoever has a better record at the end of the season. Is- yeah. So a lot of times that's the MVP award anyways. Quarterback True. with the best record. Yeah. But I mean. I can't call. You know, like we said, we're still halfway through the season. Um, another MVP conversation we can have, which is still way too early, but it's fun to have anyways. The NBA MVP. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Way too early. Ten games into the season for most teams, but well, we're going to talk. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about it and talk about why it's Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not. Come on. Let's be. Real, let's, let's be. Let's be realistic. Rookie of the year. Butler. Rookie of the year. Oh yeah. Rookie yeah. of the year, Kendrick yeah, Nunn. Yeah. Rookie <laughs> of the year. Although like when you look at his stats side by side with RJ Barrett, like they're like right there up there. Oh yeah. He's second in scoring among rookies. Um he's uh believe in the top five among in steals. He's one of seven rookies to have started every single game this season so far. Yeah. Along along with like RJ and um John Morant. Right. Uh, we might Rui. have a, be having a different conversation if Zion was healthy. Obviously. Of course, yeah, but yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. take the, the take what you can get. Yeah, exactly. You take, and, you take you know, the situation for what it is. And Zion, we haven't heard any updates of of his uh, condition since his surgery, but yeah, probably in like three weeks or so. Or I'd, or at weeks. the very least, yeah. And that's if the Pelicans even want to risk playing him this season, which is a very real conversation that should be had if he should even play at all. Because the Pelicans are pretty bad, <laughs> and they're, right. they're not looking like this season's going to amount to much. I think that there is a case to be made for like just not rushing him back, and if you want to like kind of get him, I, and I, I have I have the same view with with Clay Thompson, um, mm. where because people were talking about like oh maybe Clay Thompson can make it you know at the end of the year or something like that um, if they're like close to like a playoff push, but obviously that's not going to be the case um, this season. But I will say there there is a case to be made for, you know, a player coming back, especially like if he's a rookie and like there are already like no expectations for at least like team performance. Just having him like kind of like get some running, get into it, you sure, know, because sure. like it's tough enough to go from, you know, the obviously he played some preseason games and all that. Right. But it's tough to go from college to NBA, NBA speed is so fast. And like if you can get him just any experience at all, like, again, just play it super safe. But like, I don't understand the point of like shutting him down for the whole season. I think Zion's the exception to the rule of the transition from college to NBA is tough. He's probably one of the exceptions Maybe. to the rule. But yeah, you know, because he is, he's, he is physical and he's like a mismatch when it comes to, you know, how fast yeah. he is, how athletic he, he is. He put up monster numbers in the preseason. Right. So, but again, like I would just like to see him get some reps at the end of the season when the basketball might not mean a lot in terms of, you know, uh, playoff seating. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, and he might not even, you know, 
win you that many games at the end of the season. Or but the Pelicans like, might want to sit him for the rest of the season so they can tank and get a higher pick. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. So we'll I see. just, I don't know. I, I, I'm always on the side of like, get your young guys as much experience as you can as soon as possible. Because then at least he's not coming into next season like with, again, the expectations back on the rise. Like this way, like he can kind of ease into it. Not a big deal. No one has any expectations of them making the playoffs at that point. So he mm. can just come in, play his game, adjust, you know, and figure things out. I think yeah. that's the best. Yeah. I think one of the players scenario. who has been who has been meeting expectations and, and exceeding expectations at this point is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, a guy who won MVP last year right? and was a pretty, you know, clear favorite for the award last year, putting up even better numbers this year. Yeah. He's averaging, I think it's 30, 30 points and 14 rebounds a game so far, yeah. along with like six assists or something stupid he's like that. He's taking threes now. Yeah, right? he's shooting like in the 30s in his threes. Like his threes look comfortable now. Right. He's only getting better. Um, the Bucks haven't haven't started great. And now without Chris Middleton for the next four to six weeks, Giannis will either... You know, carry that team to a few wins and bit monster numbers, or an average amount of wins and monster numbers. Right. So he's yeah. When you're he's, the number one option, I mean, you saw what happened with Russell Westbrook. Like, right. where if you're the only option and the ball's in your hands every single play, and you're more talented than whoever's lining up against you, then more than yeah. likely you're going to put up right. points. So I'd say Giannis is uh, probably still the front runner for MVP. Although yeah. we have to give a shout out to you know you were, you mentioned Russell Westbrook and his triple double season. Luka Doncic is currently one assist shy of averaging a triple double, and he's 20 years old in his second season yeah. in the NBA. 28 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists on a Mavericks team that isn't looking too good right now. They're not. They're obviously not going to be one of the best in the league. Right. But we've seen sometimes when the numbers are so staggering that a team with an average-ish record can still produce the MVP sure. of the league. And Luka Doncic has been out of his out of this world. Yeah, he's been really good. I'm interested to see how that team kind of comes together with with Kristaps still coming kind of coming back. Yeah. And he's, um, he seems hesitant now, right now, to kind of go back into his scoring. Right. Uh, role. And and I mean it it's hard because you we kind of take for granted a lot of times some of these athletes who come back from injuries and but we saw with Gordon Hayward like it's not easy to just come back from like a, an injury that puts you out for an extended amount of time mm-hmm. and immediately get into it. And now unfortunately as soon as Gordon Hayward really started looking a whole lot better uh yeah, this he season again. he gets hurt again and he's out for what 6 weeks I think they're saying mm-hmm. it is with yeah. a broken wrist or 6 to 8. Yeah. Which you know is unfortunate, but again, I don't feel too bad for the Celtics because the last time they missed Gordon Hayward for a year, what happened? They made the Eastern Conference Finals. So who knows? Um, but yeah, I I'm interested to see how how that team comes together. I think the NBA is really interesting this year. The Celtics, like I just mentioned, they're eight and one right now. Yeah, I think the they best play right now. In the league. They? They're playing. Yeah, as of the as of recording, yeah, they're playing right now against the Wizards. Yeah, which I mean, that's a dub. <laughs> I, I'm interested <laughs> to see how if well. At the moment, LeBron James leads the league in assists per game. I would su- suspect that he may not lead the league in assists total because he might not play every game. We'll see what load management, you know, how many games he takes off. But if he can still qualify for that assist per game leaderboard, he'll probably stay around the top around the, throughout the rest of the season. He's sure. averaging 11, and he's, a- he's over two assists per game abo- above anybody else. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's been impressive, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, granted, it's it makes it a lot easier when you have Anthony Davis to play next year. I think the <laughs> Anthony Davis right now, uh, it's tough for me to say this because Dwayne Wade is so good and was so good, um, but Dwayne Wade was like nearing like the end half of his prime when he was playing with LeBron mm-hmm. in the Heat. Um, same with with Chris Bosh, um, but I don't think Chris Bosh is. I mean, I think there's. I know. A, I know what you want to say. Yeah, like so. Anthony Davis like is very much like in his prime mm-hmm. right now, and like playing with a prime Anthony Davis, where you can kind of just like because LeBron's game has always been like intelligent passes. Like if you're open, and like it's easy for you to get open around LeBron because everyone gravitates to LeBron when he right. has the ball in his hands, as they should. So if yeah, exactly. So if you're LeBron and all you have to do is make a nice little bounce pass to to AD in you know in the lane he can finish at the basket with anybody you know yeah as, it, as well as anybody it pains it pains me to say as a Miami Heat fan it might pain you to say it as well um Anthony Davis might be the best player LeBron's ever played with that's what and that was <laughs> kind of what I was kind of like sure. was beating around the bush with because like, I don't want to like disparage <laughs> Dwayne Wade because like obviously he's a Hall of Famer first ballot he's my love and yeah honestly like <laughs> I have an irrational love for that man um but in terms of like prime talent Anthony Davis is better now than Dwayne Wade was when he played with LeBron at any point in his right. career, in my opinion. Yeah, and the Lakers are currently top of the West. Again, 10 games in, super early. But if this gives us any sort of parameter for the rest of the season, 
the Lakers could very well be in that number one seed conversation towards the end of the year. Right. Um, again, we'll see how many games LeBron and AD have to take off for load management or any other sort of lingering injuries, minor injuries that come up. Obviously, injuries can impact any team. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the Lakers are looking pretty good. And overall, some of the top teams, some of the top teams aren't surprising. Some of them are. Um, the Jazz have been looking actually pretty impressive as well. Dude, Currently second in the West. Speaking of, of Dwayne Wade, I love Donovan Mitchell so much. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, wait, so we, no, no, no. we stopped talking about Dwayne I Wade know, like no, no. two minutes ago. What I'm <laughs> saying, though, is like Donovan Mitchell's game reminds me a lot of Dwayne Wade. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. I just want to see Donovan Mitchell in a Heat uniform so bad, just so I can like relive like <laughs> Dwayne Wade prime years, <laughs> you know? Uh, just because his game reminds me a lot of him, and like watching the Jazz play, I'm like, ah. Oh, it's just like, wait till and, the Jazz come to Miami and then squint and just like yeah. pretend that there's no way on the, on the court. <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, it hurts me. Um, uh, the NBA is, as expected, an open league this year. At least it seems like a very intriguing year. Yeah. A lot of teams that are exceeding expectations, a lot of teams that are looking pretty disappointing, like so far, like the Rockets, the Blazers aren't looking too good. Um, the Blazers, like I was saying earlier, Hassan Whiteside is on that team. Team killer. They just got worse. They just got yeah, worse. Yeah. <laughs> They're three and six at the moment. Four and six? Three Four and, and seven. Four and seven. Four okay. And seven right so, again. The Blazers- and you know what? I, I want to mention this before we get too far away from talking about Trailblazers basketball. But I do remember before the season started how Hassan Whiteside, the man, <laughs> the myth, the not legend himself, um, was talking about how he was going to average, what was it, 10 assists 10. per game? Oh, please. <laughs> and I made, I made, a th- I'm like, there's no way he averages three assists per game. He never like, averaged even three assists with the Heat. That's what I'm saying. But like, they're saying, oh, you're getting more involved with passing the ball. Yeah, yeah. he is averaging point eight assists right now. <laughs> what a joke! Get out of here, man. And it's so funny because like, I'm, I'm on Reddit uh, pretty often. I like going through like the message boards and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, it's so funny, like watching like the Trailblazers like subreddit go insane over like Hassan Whiteside they're like when he's when he's on he's amazing he's so good but like the effort is so inconsistent I'm like that's what we've been saying for four years now right it's like yes like when he when he's motivated and 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 it comes from within like yes he will give you some great great stat lines and he might contribute to a few wins here or there yeah but when he doesn't feel like playing or when he has one of his temper tantrums where he doesn't agree with what the coach is doing then he's useless. <laughs> He'll give you three points or four points and maybe four rebounds sometimes. And you're like, you're seven feet tall. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> oh, it drives me up a wall. I'm so glad. We're I, did, I did want to go back on something I said earlier. Uh, I mentioned how the Rockets are, are pretty disappointing. They're seven and three, so I have to eat my words. But yeah, I, was, reason, I didn't want to call you out. Reason, I didn't see it. I was like, no, oh, no, 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 no. The <laughs> reason I said that is because their defense is astonishingly bad. Yeah, oh, and yeah. you know they're they're not a playoff contender. Like I'm sorry, like there's no like the Rockets might win a couple playoff games, but unless they get a really good matchup, which I don't think so, because I don't think they're going to be like you know a top three C. They'll probably end up being four or five. Mm-hmm. And I don't like. I it, think they might though. Might be what. T- top three because they're the type of team. Season. If they're, they're top the three, then, great then they'll be three. Season. If they're top three, then they'll be three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and even then, like I'd still take whatever the sixth seed is over them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those situations where it, I, I could say it's very easy to say James Harden scoring won't hold up, but obviously it did last year. No, like <laughs> he can score. Don't get me wrong, and Russell Westbrook can score too, and he can provide but it's, opportunities. It's the other and, side of the ball. Yeah, exactly. I was looking at the um, basketball basketball reference standings, and in those standings, they include the team's um, points per game and the points allowed per game. Mm-hmm. The Rockets are scoring 120 points per game, which is number one in the league, but they're also allowing 118,000. Yeah, <laughs> 118 <laughs> points per game, which is one of the worst among the, definitely among the worst among the best teams in the league. Right, because I believe the the one of the worst teams in the West is giving up 120 per game, which is you know a, a bad team. It's a, it's a right. bad team. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I mean. Like we were saying earlier, NBA is very open this season. Very interesting season. It is. It is. I'm surprised by how well the the Celtics have been doing. Um, Kemba, I think, is averaging what 25 points. A 25 game right a game. Uh-huh. You know, and 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 their young guys have have definitely stepped it up. Tatum, Brown, those guys have been doing really good too. Um, like I said, and I mentioned Hayward. Uh, unfortunately, he's gonna be gone for the next uh, you know month and a half or so. Yeah, we haven't uh, mentioned the Clippers. Who, um, if this podcast goes out on Thursday. A lot of, if our listeners will hear it on Thursday, Paul George is scheduled to return um, Thursday night. Oh, finally. Mm-hmm. So the Clippers yeah, will be back are at full strength. playing for now. Hashtag for load management. I mean, no, no, I no, said, no, no, no. I, he was actually injured, though. Like, right, yeah. no, I, I get that. I did send you, did you guys get that? Uh, I, I sent a message in the group chat, and I was laughing to myself about it, how they gave Mo Bamba a rest day. 
yeah. I was no, like, no, are you kidding me? It was um uh it was it wasn't a football player? No, no, no. It was it was a load management day for Mo Bamba. I was like, Are you kidding me? Oh, oh yeah, because <laughs> he just didn't play much. I was like, get out of here. Like what like don't tell me like like I understand like all right, Kawhi's coming back from an injury, like so like all right, you give him like a couple rest days. Paul George is coming back from an injury, you give him a couple rest days, right? <laughs> LeBron is getting up there in, in, in years, so you gotta give him like a rest day or two, like fine. But Mo freaking Bamba Get out of here! I will say one of the few things that um that came up in in the meantime between our last podcast and today, uh, somebody a very committed NBA fan on Reddit went through uh through James Harden's performances <laughs> on the road. You remember this? Okay, all right. So <laughs> the Rockets played in Miami a couple weeks ago and got blown out. James Harden did not have a very good game. The Rockets were down by as much as like forty something in the second right. quarter. So the very quick joke that was made was that it was, the, the game was played on Sunday night. And the Rockets had Saturday off. They were in mm-hmm. Miami on Saturday night. Where yeah. was James Harden? Probably at a strip club. King of Diamonds. Right. <laughs> so a very committed NBA fan went through and found both James Harden's stats on the road with when he had a night off before the game, and he found the, well, <laughs> the no, Yelp, okay. he found the Yelp ratings of all right. the strip clubs in each NBA city. So the, like this is not a joke, by the way. He no, like, did he, all this research. And yeah. he like he ranked the strip clubs that are in NBA like team markets, yeah. right? In NBA team cities. And he went and ordered them from like the best strip clubs to like the worst strip clubs, yeah. right? And Miami obviously was number one, and he has terrible games every time he's in Miami, every single time. Yeah, so he he put up a chart that basically one side of the chart is the total number of subpar performances per city, and the and the the, the X of scale, whatever you call it, is the average strip club rating per city. So the lower the rating. The lower number of subpar performances, the higher the rating of strip clubs, the higher number of subpar performances. That's right. There's it's, a positive correlation. And there's a very positive correlation. Good, yeah, yeah, how good the strip clubs are versus how poorly James Harden plays. <laughs> it's funny. He he really like laid this out on, on Reddit as like a, a legit in-depth scientific study. Yeah, like a, like a scientific thesis thing. Like, a hypothesis, a test, the methodology slash steps. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like full scientific process. Like my 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 science teachers would have been proud of this guy's work. Honestly. That's funny. <laughs> it's it was a really good really good research by. Uh, let me look at this. So, so yeah, Reddit give name. Yeah, give him the the, the shout out. Uh, Sly, uh, uh, so Reddit name is Angry Centrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, uh, user Angry Centrist on uh, on on Reddit. Anyways, hey, what here's, a guy. Here's a here's another funny stat before uh, before we go because um, we're about to wrap up the podcast here in a second. But in the last 14 months, you ready? The Patriots have played 28 games. The Knicks have played 92 games. The Patriots have won 22 games. The Knicks have won 19. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing! In the last 18 months, you said? 14 months. 14 months. Yeah, That's, the Patriots played 28 God. games and won 22 of them. The Knicks have played 92 games and won 19. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, Man, I, I, you know, I feel sad for David Fizdo. Obviously, a long, long, yeah. long time Miami Heat assistant coach. Gets his first job in Memphis and gets booted after, uh, I forget what exactly happened. Or if it was, whether it was a bad season or like a scandal or something. It's a disagreement with the coach of the front office or yeah, the players of the front office, but he got like booted. That. Knicks hire him. They have a bad season last year, and you know, very early into this season, there are rumors at the end that the front office is already getting ready to fire him. Well, the problem is like he keeps going to teams that are like that are always sellers. Like as soon as he got to Memphis, they were trying to sell Conley, and as mm-hmm. soon as he got to 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 the Knicks, they started selling. Um, or they started Chris signing Steps. power forwards. Right. <laughs> Who would even go to the Knicks though? Like by now, you're you're the fool if you still <laughs> take that job. I agree. I feel bad for whoever gets the job after him. I know. He's going to inherit just as I bad of a situation. I don't, because you know where you're going now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, shout out, Fizz. Shout out, Fizz. Take, take that for data. I, yeah, he's right. Take that for data. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do miss calling him the Fizzlies. Whenever the Fizzlies? Yeah, when he was with Memphis. The Memphis Fizzlies. Uh, oh, I mean, geez. who knows? I mean, if he if he's out after this season with New York, maybe he comes back to the Heat, and then we... Uh, he could end up on a good team. You see where Ty Lue is now. That's true. I uh, fell into that that uh, position. The, the Clipper staff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Ho- hopefully, Fizz gets a job somewhere competent. Maybe he. Oh, what? I don't. I don't know who the. I'm sure the Spurs have somebody to follow Popovich. But if he could get hired on the Spurs staff, maybe <sighs> not head so coach, cool, but like so, he is a realistic. Uh, nah, the Sp- Spurs. Nah, Spurs like got that. Spurs got that position. Like he's like 49. <laughs> he turned 49 a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I but yeah, Fizz is Fizz should be a head coach. I think so. I, I think he. I mean, Ty won a championship, and he's and he also had LeBron. But like, it's fine. <laughs> I think if you gave coach oh, David Blatt did too, and he never got another chance in the <laughs> <Exactly>. NBA. <laughs> Where's David Blatt? What's David Blatt doing now? I think he's head coaching Israel right now. I'm pretty sure. 
How do you know that? <laughs> I just, I just know. It's like okay, a thing. sure, I believe you. Actually, no, I think, I think he had to step down because he had like health issues. But I think he was coaching. His all right, right all right, breaking David Blatt news from John Dennis. Completely missed Dion Waiters. <laughs> oh, we didn't. You're right. We didn't talk about that. Oh, okay. Oh. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. So, Dion Waiters suspended ten games after a gummy incident on the plane. Um, on a plane from I forget the West Coast back to the East Coast, I think, but. On the plane, took an edible, uh, had a panic attack slash seizure, which was the original report, but it seems to have just been a panic attack. Hopefully he's okay, but once we get past the fact that we hope he's okay, now come the jokes. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, a lot of Heat fans and Heat Twitter were speculating who could have given him the gummies because Deion Waiters was very clearly not going to snitch. And that immediately made everybody think either James Johnson, um, a or guy, James a, Johnson. or James Johnson, or, James Johnson. or JJ, <laughs> or the number sixteen, <laughs> right. or the guy with the the guy with the braids. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Gummy Gate. That's right. <laughs> but it's so funny. So the last game uh, they played against the Suns, and you yeah. know who was in attendance? <laughs> Michael Beasley, Mister Mister Ten Percent of his brain himself, <laughs> super cool bees. <laughs> so there's a new theory as to who provided the outwaiters with the gummies. <laughs> It's Michael Beasley. It's one hundred percent Michael Beasley. Oh, like I really hope it is Michael Beasley because I hope it's not anybody else on the team. Wh- whoever, it wa- whoever it was from the team we gave it to him got it from Michael Beasley. Like, <laughs> Michael Beasley was the intermediary. <laughs> you gotta play the X Files. <laughs> oh yeah. <hold> <laughs> Who gave Dion Waiters Gummy Gate? <laughs> Next time on Gummy Gate. <laughs> Was it JJ? <laughs> it was Michael Beasley. That's why I was Michael Beasley. Anyways, all right. On that note, that'll do it for another episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Again, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Somewhat Sports. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at John Dennis Radio. John Williams? JL Williams 5 on Instagram. And Alberto? Alberto. <laughs> B-A-R-E-T-O-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With an underscore on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Look at me, man. I've done this a couple of times. <laughs> Anyways, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, all that good stuff. We'll catch you next week with another edition of Somewhat Sports. Peace.